Welcome, everybody, to Flickr Effect, episode 309. We are recording this on, what is it, Wednesday? I'm thrown off by weekdays. Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. I'm David Lotz. Joining me this episode is Yasha Wilson. Hey, 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 everybody. Michelle Hillard. Hello, everyone. Hello. And we have a guest with us today, Kevin Fuentes. How's it going? Hello, everybody. Doing well. Glad to be here. Why are you here? I'm here because I can't stop thinking about the Joker. <laughs> That's right. And it's disturbing and fun. I brought you in as a Amen. Batman expert. You're a specialist. Oh, I have a title. Yeah. I feel special. Uh. You're the Batman's expert. I am Batman. No, I'll just, I'll leave it at I am Batman. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, you can probably get the gist. We're going to be talking about the Joker Basically, this whole episode, uh, if you're wondering, yeah, you already did an episode on the Joker. Indeed. Bobby and I talked about the Joker a few days ago, episode 308. Check it out. We talk about our spoiler-free thoughts, and we get the spoilers as well. Um, so this time around, we're basically going to talk about the movie with spoilers. So this is basically a spoiler effect. This is a spoiler. We, it's a long spoiler effect. It's going to be a, a spoiler effect. We're not really going to do a whole, like, what did everyone think? Spoiler free. I can't speak for Yasha yeah. because, Yasha, I don't know yet what you thought about this film, but I can speak for you, Kevin. I can speak for you, Michelle, and myself. I know the three of us like this movie. Absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, so if you're wanting a spoiler free review, at least the three of us can say, hey, we think you should go see it. <laughs> Yeah, and then from here on out, we're going to spoil the crap and out of it. Exactly. <laughs> talk about spoilers for, for the film. Um, But I'll go to you first, Yasha. And I mean, I guess you can quickly share your spoiler-free thoughts in general. What did you think of the Joker, since I'm kind of dying to hear? Yeah, I um, I thoroughly enjoyed the movie. Like, really, really enjoyed it. Did, did I love it? Did I think it was the next best thing since sliced bread? Like, they've been hyping it up to me. I think that set me up for to just like it opposed to just like falling in love with it. Like everybody's saying best movie of the year, you know, should sweep the Oscars and all that shit. It's just like, I genuinely enjoyed this movie. Could I watch it again? Yes, I could absolutely watch it again. And I could probably watch it again in the theater. Uh, Joaquin Phoenix was fantastic. Uh, he was, I mean, he was spectacular. You genuinely forget that he is Joaquin Phoenix and watching him in this portrayal of this character, Arthur Fleck. And it was, it was a great movie. Like, I mean, the story had me filled with anxiety and anxious throughout the, about 20 to 30 minutes into the movie. And till the very, very end, because I did not know what was going to, what this guy was going to do because everything just kept getting progressively worse like every single time down turn you turn around there was some news or something happening in his world where it was just starting to crumble further and further apart and i loved watching the deterioration of that that guy like he was already messed up to begin with but throw in the mix of all the crap and turmoil and emotional instability and ostracization from society like you throw in all that like yes you can see why somebody would slowly just basically start to lose their mind and that's why when friends ask me about this movie i tell them this movie was about mental health this wasn't about necessarily the development of this character but it was about the, the mental deterioration of this guy and to why he does and who he is at the very end of the movie like it's just it was great it was a damn 
good movie. I'm glad to hear you liked it. <laughs> I was worried because I, I was unsure. I'm like, hey, you never know right, with any of no. us. I mean, don't. Yeah, don't get me wrong, because there have been moments where we've all, like, kind of disagreed and, like, the jaw-dropping moment of, like, what? Are you serious? You know, that's happened several times. Um, there was a moment in the middle of the film, and we'll get into it when there, when we talk spoilers, where I literally was like, oh, you better fucking not. Like, I was really starting to get, like, an annoyed with the direction that they were leading towards, and I was like, that can't possibly be what they're going to be doing. doing in this story, but they detoured away from that um, fairly quickly. So it made me feel better about the movie. It really did when they did that. And we'll talk more about that. I know I'm being very cryptic right now, but we'll talk a little bit more in detail when we get into spoilers. Well, we're going to get into spoilers now. So basically the rest of this podcast, if you haven't seen Joker, go see it. I think we can all agree. Bobby included. Red alert. Who's not here. But uh, yeah, go see the film. Uh, before we really get into it, uh, a little background, Kevin. So you are a fan of Batman for how long? Uh, I think my first real introduction to Batman was a, like a lot of the you know people of our age in the millennial range was uh, Michael Keaton's Batman 89. And um, <clears throat> so basically since I was, what, seven years old or so? Um, I mean, I remember going to places like service merchandise and picking up the figures. That got me, that, yeah, throwing it down. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> um, I don't know what that is, but I dig it. Yeah, man. Uh, <laughs> an old school, thing, right? outdated. Yeah, every single one of those those uh, stores are closed down. All right. Um, oh, I'm old. Yeah. Um, that that dark, gritty, you know, gothic, over the top type world that Tim Burton set up. That was my first introduction to to Batman, and I've loved it ever since. Um, in my eyes, anybody that talks about 89 Batman or Batman Returns, you know, in the wrong context might get slapped. <laughs> um, like those are my Batman movies. And, and, you know, we've talked about this at, you know, Dave and I are coworkers um, as well. And we've talked about, you know, um, the uh, the soundtrack and just the, the, the mood that it sets. And, the, you know, it's it's when you're you're coming of age and that all those kind of dark influences in, in terms of like, you know, just the aesthetics of the movie and the way that the soundtrack um, adds, you know, the vibe that it adds, whatever, um, you know, that's, I don't know, super influential being young. And then uh, I also spent a lot of that, that time with my father, you know, searching for Batman comics or Batman toys and all that stuff. So there's definitely that uh, nostalgic, um, you know, kind of boyhood bonding with dad, you know, type of, uh, of aspect of Batman too. But uh, yeah, I don't know. He's just, automatically my favorite character just naturally i can't think of you know there's other characters i really like and other franchises that i really like but batman is definitely it if you go to my house it's nothing but batman it's kind of weird i think everybody kind (laughs) of has that one character that always stands out for them like i've had friends that have had very specific ones like i'd be like oh yeah yeah my friend michael he's a superman guy like you know like i would go to him and you know when i was younger people would come to me for X-Men stuff. Like yeah. it was just like, everybody kind of has their little niche thing that they just, for whatever reason, yeah. cling on to. And that's like, this is my thing. Yeah. This and I feel like, right here. I feel like it also tells something about yourself as well. Cause my best friend, Adrian, he loves Superman and yeah. he's like a very more positive glass half full type person. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. So I guess I'm kind of drawn to the darkness. I don't know. Yeah. Cause I, I'd so say, you're like the kind of, he's, well, he's a glass half full per type of person. You're like, well, the glass is, have to empty and whoever drank it needs to be punched in the face kind of uh, guy especially since batman's so dark well i mean yeah i guess 
<laughs> I, I don't want to take it. To, yeah, yeah. I'm kidding. Please don't tell if me. It's, if it's I my cup of water, right, somebody drink half of it, then yeah, I'm going to want to slap somebody. You got no right touching my. <laughs> get your lips off my cup, buddy. Yeah, I think uh, my fandom is about the same, I guess. Like, I started reading Batman comics, like, leading up to the release of that Batman movie, because, like, Batman Mania was kind of hitting, basically, mm-hmm. as the buzz for that movie was. As it was leading yeah, because that, that's, I mean, Killing Joke was around that time. 86 right. was Frank Miller's uh, Dark Knight Returns. Right. Um, it was very politically driven. So. so, yeah, I mean, I hadn't really read probably a Batman comic until maybe a year before that movie came out. Okay. But then same thing, I started reading it a lot. And, yeah, I mean, he's definitely my guy. I would definitely say I don't have the knowledge of the comic book side of him as much as you do. Because I think I've gone in and out of reading Batman comics like I definitely read a ton around that period yeah. for a couple of years or more and then I dropped off as I got high school age and I was probably pulling a whole I'm too cool for this I don't read comics <laughs> anymore yeah. I'm super cool yeah me and my band my bandmates and yeah. band yeah right anyway well let's get into it and I want to start with a question for everybody here because right. before we really start analyzing this film I want to kind of get everyone's take on something before you hear everybody else uh, about your interpretation of this movie. Namely, it, it ends and you walk away from this movie going, this is what I think happened with that ending and thus the entire film. And you get what I'm asking here? Michelle, you have a confused look. Yeah, but I've also, the, I'm exhausted. So This, this movie <laughs> is definitely open to interpretation. It is not. Absolutely. I mean, when you got a delusional character that you don't know whether he ends in a way that is not a straightforward, like this is what happened. This was all a dream or Mm -hmm. this was real and that wasn't like it's very. Now I'm following you. You kind of have to decide for yourself. So, Kevin, what's your take on what how this movie played out? Because Bobby and I talked about this a little bit on the other episode and he actually he mentioned an article that he read over on IGN. And I ended up reading the whole article. And IGN will do this a lot. Well, they'll they'll put out these articles kind of giving you whatever movie and ending explained, you know? Yeah. And they did that with this, except you can't just straightforward go, hey, this is what this ending means. Because it you could ask five people and get five different responses. Right. Yeah. And so they, they basically went through their staff, their editors, and some of the writers. And everyone just kind of got a section of the article and basically gave their take. Understood. And almost every one of them was different. <laughs> And right. there's definitely like a couple I gravitate toward. So I'm kind of curious to get everyone's take. What do, uh, Kevin, what do you? So you want me to elaborate specifically on the ending or basically my overall thoughts of the movie in its entirety? Uh, I mean, both. I, okay. I'm curious to know. I mean, we're talking spoilers here. We, we already know you like the film. What, so, what yeah. is your take on like what happened here? That ending and. So the ending to me was perfect joker like the joker um you know if we want to throw it back to even heath ledger for people that aren't aren't really into the comic books heath ledger's uh heath ledger joker um status and what his agenda was was anarchy and he was trying to show that anybody regardless of how good they were can be you know wear worn down to the point well they they will turn on each other right um at the end of this film you see the culmination of all of the the you know the wheels that were set in motion by the narrative starting from the very beginning of the movie, which was, you know, you hear uh, while they're in all the clowns are in the uh, in the locker room getting ready to do, you know get all their makeup on and all that stuff. Um, 
you hear in the background the news and the news is talking about basically it's setting the the, the tone for the haves and the have nots and the the disparity between those two setting up kind of the social strife between um you know the the, the society at large and locally what's going on in gotham there's trash piling up there's you know the people that are at the uh that work in the in the trash you know business for removing all that stuff they're on strike um you know there's garbage all over the place so it's setting a tone and 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 um it for me it kind of everything comes 360 at the end in which the the parallels of what's going on in society and the strife between the haves and the have-nots are similar to the the struggles that um arthur fleck is having between you know trying to how how do i put it trying to um bury down his true nature you know like in that in that note that he's saying um uh the worst thing about having mental illness is that people expect you to act like you don't have one right so there's a there's an identity that he's trying to um getting kind of lost in my in my thoughts to be honest um there, there's just a parallel between what's happening in society in terms of the the disparity of the haves and have-nots and the you know everybody's getting tired because they they feel like they're not being paid attention to and that's kind of the whole thing that arthur fleck is going in th- through in this movie that he he doesn't exist to the world and he's trying to find himself right and everything culminates at the end for the people to be so pissed off in society that they will turn to somebody that they don't understand like the joker in the fact that he killed those three pompous assholes on the train mm-hmm. right and now that's our that's our mascot that's our martyr and it gives justification to how a society would accept somebody like the Joker and being crazy. And now I'm going to go ahead and crash this car into the, the police car and I'm going to take him out and put him on this pedestal and let him be revered by all of us because he's the guy that started this movement. Right. You know, it's like the perfect storm of things that parallels even what's going on in society right now. Like, you know, in, in, in Dark Knight, Alfred tells Bruce Wayne, you know, in, you, you push these criminals to the edge of what they could take. And now in their disparity, they turned to somebody that they, they didn't fully understand. And that happens in this movie as well. And so it ends in a, a perfect culmination of the societal environment, accepting somebody like Joker and propping that person up in a state of anarchy, which is exactly how it ends, right? It's, it, it, it ends in anarchy. Mm-hmm. So to me, it was super poetic in the fact that it ends with the type of movement and the type of agenda that Joker normally has. And he also gets the adoration that he's looking for throughout the whole movie. Right. Uh, to, to me, it, I, I'll be honest, I know, I know Yasha said that, you know, is it the greatest movie he's ever seen? Not really. Like right now, it's for me, I... That movie, dude, when we got out of it, man, I was talking to my boy, Adrian. I was like, dude, this is nearest to the perfect thing I've seen in a long time. It's, it's The director just kind of takes everything and goes 360 with it. Everything comes back around. Everything that's in the movie for the progression of how it is that he tips over um, into madness, it's justified. His laughing is a, you know, it's a, it's a medical condition. That, that's one of the things I was kind of... Mm-hmm. Uh, hesitant about when i saw I, i'm the type of person where i don't really like to watch spoilers or listen to any reviews or even when i scroll through youtube and i see a you know a, a a thumbnail about you know the movies coming out and all these you know theories and all that stuff i hate seeing that stuff because i want to go into the movie theater and see what it is that the director is wanting me to see through his eyes for the first time without any exterior influence, influences you know so i mean my take was that movie was amazing I'll, I'll share later 
some somebody that threw something my way that makes me think of it a little bit differently. But um, my initial reaction to it was it, it was perfect. Everything came around 360. Everything was justified. So uh, A++ in my book. Gotcha. Uh, Michelle, we want to jump in with, I mean, and when I get to like kind of more my question. I, I know what you're saying. Because I definitely have a take on how the movie ends. And there was some stuff that Bobby and thus that article brought up that I was like, Oh, I hadn't really considered that. And it's making me, I already want to see the movie again. Right. Especially after I talked to Bobby and read that article, I was like, okay, now I definitely want to see this movie again. Cause I kind of want to see where I stand after I see it one more time to my true take on what is quote unquote real, what isn't, what, what happened at the very end of the film, Michelle. Yeah, I'll be honest. I haven't listened to the recording you and Bobby did, and I haven't really read any articles or anything on it. But yeah, I will say at the very end of the film, you know, it's Joker sitting across the table from a woman in Arkham Asylum. And it's, has he been recanting this entire story as it actually did happen to him? Uh Or is this all the story he's created and fabricated in his head? Because at one point in the film, he does say, you know, that he had had time in Arkham and that's actually where it kind of picks up. I think it picks up basically like he's out of Arkham and he's on the road to recovery and he's working with a therapist with the state and he has to check in with her. Yeah. Right. So here's a question. Is it that actually what occurred or is that just all occurred? Had he's just been in Arkham this entire time and he's just this whole film that we just watched was all played out in his mind. That would make me feel differently about this film. Right, because at that, at that uh, and but that's the thing. The movie, you know, smartly, the director, the filmmakers are not saying, and they definitely do not set it up where they are giving an explicit reason. Like, it's the kind of movie you truly just get to decide for yourself. Yeah, like, right. what what happened? So, here. did it really happen, or did it all happen in his head? So, I guess would it make sense for him to reveal to the therapist at the end that the girl. Um, the I forgot her name, but basically the, his his made up girlfriend. I think it was Sophie. Sophie, yeah. yeah. So played played by Zazie Beetz. Yeah. So then, if if That's I guess if if he were lying and he were telling the therapist and, and everything was just a a, a a manifestation of what what's in his head, why would the director show us? The parts where he knew it was fake. Where he knew it was right. Absolutely. And exactly. that's when that's, it comes to the the theory that it was all like none of it happened. That's the part I bump on. And that mm-hmm. that exactly is no, why that's exactly. I don't think that that train of thought makes sense to me. Mm-hmm. There's a few others it could totally be, but that one I, I don't go with. Yeah, because, because if you're going to tell a lie, you're going to tell a perfect lie, correct? Right. Or maybe not perfect. I why don't know. It's you, just a joker. He's twisted. Why right? would you see the flashbacks in the film of him like, oh, here she is, and what way she actually wasn't there? Exactly. And, yeah, I agree. Yasha, what's, what's your take that's, on it? No, I was going to say the same thing, actually, to kind of like um, to argue against that. Basically, what you just said, push back against it is just like, well, that doesn't make sense. I mean, I, I can understand why you would interpret it like that or like, hey, you know, like the idea of like, hey, maybe he didn't actually none of this really did actually happen to him. And it's just him um, telling a fabricated story or what happened in his head. But it's like if that was the case, then why did why show all the other parts where it actually was in his head, where it didn't make sense. And then it's like all of it coming together and like him showing up in her apartment and, you know, 
having that awkward encounter t- to show that this is not happening in real life. Like this is, you know, he has imagined all these other scenarios and whatnot. My interpretation of the ending was, I mean, I guess I kind of went with the topical view of how it ended. I saw him in the hospital telling this person and explaining to this person that he just doesn't care. And he's, you know, this is, you know, why he acts kind of the way recants a little bit of his story. And then the, bloody footprints walking away or dancing away to me just seemed like that just screamed the joker to me like he just flat out said he doesn't care and he just doesn't and so that's just how he proceeded to go he's like anything he does whatever he wants he doesn't have to worry about it anymore i mean i'm i'm even mixed on the whole like was it real was it all in his head thing and and i'm with you like that my big like is it all in his head my the biggest bump is obviously the girlfriend. The only thing I could think of to, to to go on the opposite side of that, where yep, nope, even that still floats, is that say like he's mentally disturbed. He's he has lots of mental issues, and say he's talking this through with a therapist, and then they ask him questions like, "So you're saying to me you have this girlfriend?" And then then they start like kind of probing him, right? And then mm-hmm. he kind of goes, "Oh well." Yeah, no, maybe I made it all up. And then it kind of flashes back. He's like, uh, I'll take it back. That was all in my head, I imagine. That. Like, he can even kind of bounce back and forth on what's real and what's not real, even in his re-incantations in his head, I guess, in a way. Right. So, I mean, I, I, could, see, I could see it going either way. Uh, I'll be honest. Like, I could see it being that it was all in his head. And there's a part of me that's really cool with that. And there's a part of me that really is just kind of like, nope, I, I, choo- I tend to choose more that these all these events are actually what happened and occurred. And nothing was other than you know the, the 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 girlfriend situation. All of it was actually happening in real real time. I I feel like if this was if if this was Joker's story in which the Joker's already the Joker, like I'm going to keep on referencing Dark Knight. There's no lead up to Heath Ledger becoming the Joker. But every time that he tells how he got the scars, it's a different story, story. right? So, right. Yeah. but he's already established. So in this one, it's like this is. If, if, if Todd Phillips wouldn't have gotten it so correct on displaying how externally and internally, how perfectly somebody can be driven to badness. So, um, you know, you've got a sick mother that keeps on writing to Thomas Wayne. You eventually find out by trying to find out, you know, uh, information about your mom that Thomas Wayne is actually your dad. And then you confront him and then he basically says, you're you're crazy. Um, society or, you know, the, the, the fact that the top people in Gotham don't care about the lower people in Gotham. He doesn't have his meds anymore, right? That mm-hmm. program got taken away from him. So there's too many perfect right. justifications of why somebody would go crazy to for for the story to me not to be real in what it is that we're actually seeing because we're right. seeing we're we're seeing the the manifestation of the mental illness make the Joker the Joker. <clears throat> and that's I think that's the reason why the film is so impressive and so um, impactful when you leave because I, I told my brother that it's it's kind of like when you watch Michael Myers on film, you watch, you watch a Halloween film on, on, the, on the screen, you realize that you're watching a horror movie and that everything that came to make that horror you know character is all fake. But if the director or the script writer and everything culminates and they do it in a way where it it seems plausible in your world because of your religion or because of science or whatever it is, Michael Myers could walk down your street and it'd be real. You would then view that person on that screen with a little bit more fright and a little bit more fear. 
So to me, they brought the the manifestation of the Joker of how somebody could become the Joker and be pushed over the edge, right? And did it so perfectly that I don't know. To, to me, I, I think some people are trying to read too far into it. To me, there's too much perfect of how and why. And to me, this is the best origin story that there is because there's three or four within the comic books that are, are good. But there's no origin even in the comic books that, that any authority at DC could say, well, this is actually the story. Right. It's always kind of open-ended. Like a canon official. Exactly. Right. So in terms of like looking at it through the perspective of a, of a comic book enthusiast, to me, this is the most perfect origin story for a Joker that there is. Right. Period. Right. Yeah. With, that, with that said, there was one theory that I hadn't considered that I actually kind of like a lot. I'm not saying I completely buy into it, but the what's, theory that... What's yours? Well, and that's the thing. I'm torn. Now that I've read other ones, I have like two or three where I'm like, oh, it could be this. Like the one I'm about to say, I could, I could see this. And that is that, yes, everything happened. But when the car acts, the, the ambulance runs into the police car at the end and he's in the car, that he actually dies in that moment. And that everything after that moment, you know, yeah, they pull him out of the car. Maybe that actually happens and they put him on the hood. But when he's waking up on the hood, like he's actually he's dead. And it's almost like an afterlife quick kind of like moment for him that doesn't actually take place. And a reason I could see why I kind of get this, and it's another reason I'm dying to see the movie again, is because then in the end of the film, when he's back at Arkham, it, Arkham looks not like we have seen it. It's Everything is right. very white mm -hmm. and very That's clean. And that alone kind of maybe points to, I, I could see that that's the along the lines. Because it also plays into an idea that I also had that, you know, I think this is a perfect origin story. I agree with you. But at the same time, it's a perfect origin story maybe for a Joker that ends up just being the inspiration for the next Joker. Like if indeed he died. I see that. Right. Yeah. And now you have all of these people wearing clown masks and are now like. And maybe the one that following. actually did shoot Thomas and Martha. Maybe he ends he up. He ends up being the guy. The, right. The Joker that in a future Batman film, you know, he, the Batman interacts with. But I could I could see that. It's not my favorite thing, but I could see it. It's a it's a theory. I was like, I hadn't considered that. I hadn't and considered that, but I'm OK with I, it. I'm, I could. I, I'm okay with it. Isn't it funny how like a movie that has somebody who's delusionally psychopathic <laughs> opens up the whole movie Makes for like, question. was this shit real? Makes <laughs> you question the whole film. <laughs> it's like, was I even in the seat watching this right now? Like, <laughs> Did this actually happen in front of me or did I imagine yeah, this? Right. Yeah. Anyway, I was just kind of curious to get everyone's take on that. So what's your... The I one mean, that... I definitely, what do you feel is... I definitely don't play buy into that at the end, he's just telling a story that didn't actually happen. I definitely don't fall there. Yeah. I can see it, but I don't, it's not my thing. Yeah. Um, I didn't walk out of the theater feeling that way, even though I was kind of curious, you know, the whole line of like, oh, you wouldn't get the joke. And there was a part of me, it's like, that's not what Todd Phillips is trying to say, right? No. And I, and I don't think so. Um, I definitely didn't walk out of the theater with the, the death idea like that. That's not my first thought, even though, like I said, now that I've heard it, I'm like, I find it interesting. Plausible. I find, I, I find it interesting, plausible. interesting. And at the same time, to me, it's like, but that's not it. Yeah, I guess I think of it more of like we basically saw in the context of this origin story what actually happened to him. Right. I If, if indeed they hadn't shown those shots of 
Zazie Beetz's character not being in those moments, like we've already discussed, mm -hmm. that would make things more complicated for me. Because, yeah. you know, he's obviously an unreliable narrator and you kind of don't know what actually we saw. But that is a moment where it's like the director is choosing to show us I mean, this I already, is what he had in his head, but this is what actually happened. Yeah. Right. And I think as an audience girl, you already know that that's what was going on. Uh, yes and no. I, 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 mean, was, I did. I, I was, was already just waiting for that moment. For, I will say, me, though, I didn't like, and I brought this up with Bobby. I When we get to that moment and he shows up in her apartment and she walks in and sees him and is like, you know, what are you, what are you doing here? And she's making a point to go, your name's Arthur, right? Like, if you didn't know it up to that point, you should know it right there with Absolutely. that with yeah. that line no, yeah. that yeah. she doesn't really know his name. And I, I didn't actually care for the fact that he explicitly showed us the shots of here they are at the hospital and no, wait, actually, she wasn't there. And here they are at this place and, oh, wait, she wasn't actually there. I was it, I remember in the movie theater going, he didn't really have to do that. Like, I get it. Like, that was an extra. He imagined this. Yeah, you're right. It, it would have been more just like, oh, my God, it really was. And, and not even have to provide any evidence because yeah, obviously yeah. her reaction would be like, you're the guy from down the hall, right? Like, do you need me to call somebody? and Right. And you don't have to you don't have to M. Night Shyamalan six cents me on this. I get <laughs> it. Exactly. Like it's like, yeah. nope, I get it. It yeah. really didn't happen. I was already thinking that. She just one hundred percent confirmed what I was already ninety eight percent sure was happening. So did you guys actually did you like that? Okay, maybe not the throwback, like looking, uh, you know, looking back at those moments without her in it, but did you appreciate the fact that he was delusional and because he needed somebody to give him he, he basically manifested his own confidence cheerleader. Own, he, somebody like that he own. saw on a daily no, basis that he was comfortable with, he went ahead and planted in what he needed to take him to where he wanted to go. Yeah. Yeah. So what were you I dug say? it. Like I, I, I know I dug it. And I honestly, it's like, I mean, there was a moment in the movie when, before he had that big reveal, if you would, of the Zazie beach character. And like, I was like, I put it together and I leaned over to my buddy. And I was like, that's not real. And he was like, what? And I was like, this relationship doesn't speak to anything that's what that he, who this guy is. Like, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. Like this, you know, he, I mean, even, even if he like, as soon as I think it was when she asked, were you following me? And everything about that moment exhumed so much more confidence than what he portrays in every other scene before that movie. I was like, that's not real. Like I'm, I'm, I would bet money that this is not a real scenario. This is all fabricated in his head because everything after that just spoke to so much confidence. And just like you said, Kevin, he basically manifested his own uh, self-confident cheerleader to basically reinforce everything that he was doing was good. And that, you know, it was, he was a success in his own right. And she liked him for who he was and he needed that. And everything, it was like an imaginary friend almost. And that's yeah, exactly yeah, because he, he didn't even yeah. have the the the, um, the support of his mom. I mean, his mom was like, you know, you, what do you mean you're going to go be a comedian? You're not funny, Arthur. Like, yeah, if, don't you have to be funny? Yeah, like, I mean, come was, on. She was so savage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree, man. It's like she was. You could tell she was. She was already crumbling under her own mental health issues. You could tell it was obvious. Yeah. If not her own physical yeah. health issues, and so it was like she already has this going on, and like, and her delivery. In a way, it's weird because it's so like simple and it's kind of like it's sweet, but it's also sharp like a knife at the same time. Mm -hmm. Like she's not I don't think she's actually yeah. trying to be mean. She's just like super honest. She has no filter. Like She just says what she's thinking. She's like, but you're not funny. Like, yeah. It's, like, it's not to be mean. It's just how she says it. But then that he's interpreting is like this is all negative, 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 negative. It's just interesting. 
and did you get a sense from the mom that she was kind of towing the line between she knows her son is batshit crazy and knows that he's a threat and she kind of toes the line of like trying not to upset him or go past a certain point in her comments or interactions with him i think a little bit i'm sure it's like it's i think it's one of those things i think you know, when you raise a child, you know this child from a certain point on and you can see their personality. And so you're, you're watching these things happen. And so I'm sure she's she's acknowledging to a point, yeah, he's he's not right, but she's also not right either. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, true, like, yeah. she's got her own things. It's So, yeah, I, I'm sure to a point she does know what something, something's up there and I shouldn't push my buttons too hard because I could exacerbate something or I yeah. could lead something and that's why i think she immediately runs and locks herself in like the bathroom yeah she gets gets upset she's like i'm I'm not upset mom i am physically putting a border between you and me at this point because i know anything could go at this point i know your level of crazy i know that your level of crazy could go to such a different level yeah yeah. but i also think that a part of that when it came to her locking herself in the bedroom or bathroom was i think it was her way of distancing herself from reality as well because she knew it was too. That wasn't. She doesn't. Yeah, she doesn't want to hear the truth, and the truth is, is that she is back crazy. Right. She's been told that she's crazy. I think it was an accepting type of thing, but she constantly just felt that the need to like resend these letter after letter mm-hmm. after letter after letter, expecting something different. She wanted to believe the lie. That there is nothing. Yeah, she wanted to believe the lie, and hearing the truth of the lie just isn't something that she was ready to face or wanted to face. Right. And so that's why I think she locked herself in the closet or the bathroom because she was like, I can't deal with it. I can't deal with the, you know, the truth. I don't want to deal with the truth. I'd rather live this lie and, you know, just know that this is a wonderful man and he wants to help us. Yeah. Plus you're batshit crazy. I'm not trying to get beat up tonight. I think it was, it was yeah, it was, it was twofold. It was, she doesn't want the confrontation yeah, with, with Arthur, but she also doesn't want to confront the actual truth herself. So it's like, it's a twofold. She's hiding for two reasons. Like there's, there's a lot happening that scene. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a, it's a big one. Kevin is a, a Batman fan for so long. What did, what, what did you think of the take on Thomas Wayne? In this? So initially I didn't like that he was being painted in a light that he's not a philanthropist. Right. Uh, it, it it, it it made him more it made him more suited perfectly for what they needed for him you know what Todd Phillips needed from the Thomas Wayne character for this movie it made him that um mm-hmm. but everything in the comic books and then uh, you know when Bruce Wayne gets nostalgic and and any origin story is told about the you know the origin of the Waynes Thomas Wayne is you know a doctor and and uh a very empathetic man. And although that he's come into riches or, you know, basically the Wayne family has been rich for a few generations. um, He's never lost that ability to realize that although he has, there are people that do not have, and it's his responsibility to give those people options and, and, you know, resources and and, and all that stuff, whatever. So I think they kind of missed um, the mark on that, but I, I see why they did it to serve the story. Like, like I said earlier, like there's people that are, they, you have to be, canon and if it's not like right out of the comic book page and in cell three on page 32 like you're not doing it right. I, I, to me you can take creative liberty and do what you need to so long as it serves the purpose of the story without completely negating a character yeah i think they made him- well that's exactly what they did with the dark knight you know and the joker from that story is like you know they took some liberties made it their own and everybody had a first reaction to hating sorry to interrupt michelle but then they turned and had this initial reaction of just loving everything about it. Like, 
I think the the small changes that they did for the Thomas Wayne or a character, I, I actually really enjoyed them. I almost felt like they vilified him a little bit more than what wherever we've ever seen. And I thought it was fantastic. Like that was huge. Yeah, and, and also maybe in this movie we're seeing Thomas Wayne through the present eye as opposed to everything that you think of nostalgically is always kind of romanticized as being, oh, well, it was great. Like, look at what, the, not, you know, the political climate that we're in right now, make America great again. There's this romanticizing of the past uh, of you know making things better than it was. So perhaps I'm missing the mark in the fact that I'm not recognizing that we're seeing Thomas Wayne as a father. And yeah, dude, like Arthur Fleck came to my gate and you touched my son. I'm not going to be nice, and I am going to punch you in the face. You know what I'm saying? So I, yeah, I perfect. guess that gives more of a of a, a a current day look at. Even though I'm a philanthropist and I'm successful, whatever, I also got my breaking point and what it is I'm comfortable with you doing and not doing. So it's acceptable. No, I was going to say like I like this take because I think it kind of I don't think it vilifies him, but gives him. It gives Arthur a protagonist to kind of focus on a Absolutely, little bit. Yeah. And that's what really helps drive his his motives here. And I don't think Thomas Wayne is, is bad per se. Like I think it's just that you're going to see a more humanistic side to him. Yeah. He's not godlike. He's not put on a pedestal like we've seen for so long. Like yeah. he's not revered in such a way. He's just a, a human. And yeah, he's he's part of the one percenters. He's imperfect. He's imperfect. He's imperfect. He's a human here. And like you're saying, like that was my whole thing, that bathroom scene. You know, it's like I'll, I'll I will play along for a little bit, but honestly, dude, like I'm not your friend. It. You're pushing it, and honestly, I'm pretty pissed at you. You you touched my kid, yeah, and then you attacked my butler, yeah, <laughs> who's also one of my best friends. Like, yeah. no, dude, we're not cool. Mm-hmm. F you. This is my point. Like, I'm done. Like any person, I think most people, if those things happen to them, they'd be like, no, we're not good. Like. Yeah get the hell away from me. We're done. Like this is over. And so it's just a humanizing moment. And that's something that doesn't happen very often in any portrayals that you see of him is it more as a basic human. You see him as just on a pedestal and that's how he's always been. So I liked this a lot. It was nice to see like, he's a, he's a normal person. He's not godlike. Yeah. Normal person. But what, there was the one line. There was the one line on the TV TV when he's like kind of pointing at the, everyone the 99% basically and just, yeah. I forget how what exactly he says and that though definitely paints him in a his PR yeah, person was, didn't 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 right. probe him before yeah. go hey wait just stick to, to the prompter just stick to what and I'm we not saying about. that like I have a problem with it I agree with you guys like I'm fine with the take yeah it's not like we normally see of Thomas Wayne in this perfect on a pedestal kind of guy but if there was one thing that I remember when he said it, that that interview, I was like, "Ooh, that's that's." A- <laughs> I think you and I both simultaneously kind of went, "Oh, little flinch, little flinch in the seats." We're like, Ooh. "It's like I, I I recall what it is that you're talking about, but I can't I can't hear the line in my head." And I, I think it had to do with his reaction to his three workers getting shot. And kind uh, yeah, it was kind of it was it was, yeah. it was in reaction to the three workers, but then also everybody's tensions rising, mm-hmm. and I think he just. It's part of the one percenters. It's hard for them to put themselves completely in everybody else's shoes. Yeah. They can't do a point, but he's going, you know, I don't know. It was just, I can't remember the line exactly either, but I just remember it was just, it was something about it. Yeah. It was, it was something that was that, dickish. That's that, what you thought. Yeah. It was just something that was like, oh, we've heard that from somebody in our political aspects lately. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like it was very oh, like, it was, oh, uh, um, something like Ooh. to the effect of uh, they don't know that they need me, but I'm here for them. It type was of thing. It was like right around there. Kind of. I think it was right around there. Okay. And it was just so like, 
Oh, it was burn. the one. It yeah. was the one moment in the movie where it's like, okay, this isn't just so much that you're just a good guy who seems slightly sleazy, but that makes you kind of sleazy. Like that made you kind of a little bit. Like, yeah, I agree. Yeah. How how do you feel on the fact that they use Thomas Wayne the way that they did? I feel that they he he did it well because of the fact that he established Arthur Fleck had a daddy issue. Yeah, because he he even when he imagined himself in in the show in the 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 Arthur show, mm. right? He he had that prolonged hug and that kind of like I've been looking for a dad for a long time type of hug, you know? Yeah, right. he's looking and for somebody. Yeah, I think they played he played that pretty well against the Thomas Wayne thing. So I've yeah, I've, sure. I've a random thing. So at the end when he is there at the interview uh, with Murray. I pretty much knew exactly how that whole thing was going to play out, right? right. And yeah. I'm watching it play out. I'm going, he's going to shoot him. He's going to shoot him. He's going to shoot him. And I don't know exactly where it was, but for a split second, I was like, oh, he might not shoot him, actually. This might not be happening. And it was like, oh, no, he's going to. Oh, yeah, there it is. <laughs> okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, of course he was going to shoot him. And I don't know what it was, but there was something about a moment. <clears throat> and I was like, yeah, it's totally going to end this way on this scene. Like, he's going to wind up shooting Murray. And then for some reason, I, I changed my pitch for like a hot second. And I don't remember what exactly it was. And I didn't know if anybody else felt the same way. Like if they were like, oh, no, it's going this way. It's going to be okay. I mean, I think I might have gone up and down in the interview. Because, yeah, same thing. Going into it, it's like this is not going to end well. This is not going to end well for Murray. <laughs> yeah. but, Bye, Robert De Niro. I mean, but there's a part of me that's like, okay, maybe it could be fine. But then, yeah, once Joker really starts getting kind of irritated, Irritating. then it's like... And the funny thing is, is even though you know that's what's going to happen, still that moment, the way it's done in the film, is still very just visceral. And it like, it, it does a good job of making you feel like you were watching this live on television. And like, if that actually happened live on TV, just the feeling you would get of watching someone actually get shot in but, the head. You know what I think was, was, was it's a good right thing? between the eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's right here. And I mean, you watch the brains go backwards. Like, that's how. I mean, it was I great. Was <laughs> it was great. I, I think the reason why it was so amazing was so many times in 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 these comic book films, you always get that that cliche villain speech, right? And we did get a speech, but it was basically him coming into his own. Like, you know what? I mm -hmm. I'm tired of acting like when somebody dies, it's not fucking funny. It's funny to me. There's something wrong with me, and you're gonna have to just accept it. And instead of like doing this long drawn out, like I'm going to take out this gun, everybody's ooh and eyeing and drawing out that moment like so many times in these type of movies they do. Because he practiced he it. He immediate, it, like this is shit is funny, bang. There was no in, there was no interlude into like, oh, what type of gun is that? You know, you, you don't get to see it on screen. It's just like, I am the Joker. This is the way it is. I, I just flipped my shit and I'm not taking this anymore. You're dead and that's it. And I, honestly, going into that scene like you, I, I felt, I knew somebody was going to die. So, if you've read the uh, the Dark Knight Returns, um, Yasha, are you familiar with some of the comic books from back in the day? Oh yeah. Okay, so in in the Dark Knight Returns, basically a psychiatrist has been um, not resuscitating, but basically providing uh, psychiatric care to the Joker, right? And the Joker's basically rehabilitation. At, yeah, rehabilitation, and and the Joker gets to this point where he's just very low energy and just kind of watching his days go by. And then he gets to go on this talk show. And the psychiatrist is trying to show everybody, listen, you know, we're going to be releasing Joker back into society. And he is rehabilitated. There's no reason to have any fear of this man. But shortly before that, like he realizes like, 
Batman came out of retirement, and Batman's the reason for him living, right? So he snaps, and he kills the whole audience by way of, I can't, I can't remember the, the two characters, but it's basically these two little mannequin-looking boy and girl that fly through the audience and release this gas and you know, Joker poisoned everybody and then everybody has a smile on their face and everybody's dead, including the show host. So when I see him walking out of the curtains, you know, and he sits down, I'm like, oh my God. I, I turned to my buddy Adrian. I was like, dude, this is the fucking, this is the Dark Knight Returns. Like, I cannot wait. I never, it, this sounds it really sinister. Exactly. This really sounds He's sinister. So I was like, I cannot wait to see how the fuck this ends up and who dies. Like, but the Arthur Murray thing, it was, it was perfect. Like, I don't know. But then playing into your excitement about that, if if I do have a negative about this film, and don't get me wrong, I think it's a great movie. Uh, yeah, it's it's a bummer that you don't get to spend more time with him as the Joker. I mean, we yeah. it, it's a long lead up to him finally putting on the makeup and finally putting on the costume and dyeing his hair. And really, you know, that scene of him walking down the hall to, I forget what song it was. Um, do, do, do. Yeah, do, yeah. Do, like you do, hear do, basketball games all the do, time. Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah, and, and you know what? That song, I was thinking when I was watching, I was going, "This song is perfection for this mm-hmm. scene." He is revved up. He's ready to get yeah. put the show on and play his game. He's got this that, is that confident walk. This is what's happening, right? Um, but yeah, it's there is a bummer part of it's a part of me that's a little bummed that it's like oh man like there's there's very little time in the context of this movie that he's actually Joker in yeah the costume I agree he's the Joker and I mean I'm not saying I would change anything about the film it's just generally speaking man I wish I could have seen him be the just Joker a smidge for more. more time so I got another question so and I'm gonna throw this to Yasha first so Yasha when you saw the scene where the two clown buddies show up to his apartment. What 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 what's your take on this? How'd you think? How'd you feel? How'd you come out of that scene? I mean, like I said, like even with with the anxiety, like with the Robert De Niro character, I was just like, oh man, you're like, what's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? What's gonna happen? Even though I kind of in the back of my mind knew he was going to do something. That's kind of how I felt watching that scene. Like he was so eerily calm at that moment when he let them in, and I was like, this is a guy that was making fun of you, that was mean to you, and everything like that somebody's got to die. Like, it's just like, it's got to, you've got to die. Like you've got to die. You have set this man up. You have basically taken advantage of him. You're incredibly selfish. Like all of it. I was very much looking forward to him getting his comeuppance, if you would. And I was, I was happy with the outcome because it it just really spoke to everything. Like I liked it. Like I liked the fact that he, he killed that guy. And then, to to the little person i actually for a while i thought that he was going to do uh off the little guy as well because when i i saw him lock the door and i leaned over to my buddy i was like he can't reach the the lock and he's just like what he's like the guy he can't reach the 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 safety lock and he was like holy shit you're right and i was like he might die too and it's like and it's like what does he do does he go and run and try and get a chair and it's like he actually asked to to be let out. And I was like, oh, dude, is this really going to happen? And he just – it was. I thought it was great. He was like, you're the only one that was nice to me. Thanks. And he just let him go. And I was like, that was fucking great because that, that, was, that was his rhyme and reason for letting him go. But he was like, you were nice to me. So – no harm, no foul. Like, we're good, you dude. Go. We're yeah. good. It, it was reminds just, me yeah. of uh, – I don't – I remember I 
one of Dane Cook's albums, he has a bit that's like that. It's like him talking about the guy at work and he comes in one day with a, you know, a rifle and starts shooting everybody, but he stops at my desk cause I would give him like a Snickers and he's like, <laughs> he stop and he's like, thanks for the candy. And he just moves on. It doesn't kill <laughs> yeah. him. And as soon as that happened in the movie, I thought about that. I'm like, I can't believe I'm thinking of Dane that Cook is, right now. Yeah. Yeah. No, that is legitimately straight from, um, Billy Madison. That is exactly what happens to Billy Madison. Oh. Billy Madison calls the guy that like he was a bully to in high school, apologizes, and it's Steve Buscemi, and it's so played out so perfectly. He's like, "Oh yeah, man, I never thought of it again." You know, like, "Thanks so much for, you know, the call." All right, maybe we can grab a beer sometimes. Like, yeah, cool, that'd be great. <laughs> and then the guy leans back, crosses him off of the list of that says people to kill and proceeds to put lipstick on and just starts listening to music and you're like holy shit balls like that is amazing and it's just like you never know the people that you affect when you just exhibit an ounce of fucking kindness right exactly and, and that's exactly what happened i absolutely love that scene I don't know why, but I loved it even more when he couldn't get out. And I was just like, dude, what do you do in this situation? <laughs> this guy has literally just got watched this guy get stabbed to death in the neck with a pair of scissors. And the guy who did it is literally just chilling, panting. And he's like, oh, you can go. And it's like, can I? Can I go? Are you sure I can go? Because I'm freaking out right now and I can't reach the lock. I, Help me out. I just and, love how nonchalant. Sorry, Yasha, go ahead. No, that was that was it. That was it. I just, I love how nonchalant he was after he stabs the dude and like bashes his head in the wall like fifteen times. Just sits down, catches his breath, and turns to his small buddy and says, "Hey, I'm going to be on the Arthur Murray show tonight. <laughs> like, are you going to check that out? Or you know, I know, like, right? The, and then, and then, like he's got a cigarette. And he's just like, oh, hey, uh, by the way, you should totally check out Murray tonight. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna be on it, man. Yeah, like, it's gonna be things. Gonna be cool. You should watch it. Oh no, just step over the blood. Just step over it. Right. <laughs> just step over. Just step over the body. It's yeah. super normal. And then he goes like reach for him. Like, totally that cool. was great. I know. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah when he reached for him, yeah, you got, I was like, "Oh god, like, Jesus Christ!" Tell me you didn't think like he's just—he's gonna fuck with him. He's gonna think that he's yeah, he like is. he's gonna let him go, but he's gonna get him in the end. And I then like, he goes thinking. to reach for him, right? He goes to reach for him the first time, and he's like, mm -hmm. "Oh!" And then like that makes you laugh. And then <laughs> he goes to open the door that he can't reach, and you're like, "All right, now he's gonna now, now he's, he's gonna, gonna kill him. him." Right? And then he opens it and he shuts it real quick. You're like, "Oh yeah, he's gonna kill him." Or whatever. He goes, "You know what? You've always been nice to me." And he gives him a kiss on the head <laughs> and lets him go. That was the funniest like, shit ever. Like if if the guy had already was great. if the guy had already crapped his pants at watching the other guy's brains get bashed into a wall, he's crapped his pants three times yeah, just trying to exactly. get out the damn door. I know I'd have been like, I I have no control of my bowel movements right window. now. <laughs> right. Like I've been like, there was a and fire you know, escape, right? Oh shit! Like I mean, oh. Yeah, and kudos to that actor too, like the guy that pulled, the little person that did that role because he literally, I mean, he 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 genuinely acted terrified. Like he had oh, nowhere to go. Oh. He's yeah. hiding behind the table and he's staring at this this morbid scene, this horrific scene unfold in front of him. He's like, "Oh, Arthur, wait. No, wait. Like, oh no. Stop, Arthur. It uh, and it's like, "What do you do?" Like, "Okay, am I next?" Like, right, "What you're do thinking... you do in a situation like that?" I think all you could do is sit there and think so he's gonna do that to me now, right? Like, cause right. I mean, yeah. what would what in your head would be like? What would make him stop do to do that for me? If I nothing, was that small, nothing. I'd just be like, okay, what can I punch? I can I can beat the hell out of his ankles or his knees. 
And that's about I it. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I think even just a normal, normal average person size would have been like, ah, yeah. fuck. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. That scene was amazing. That scene was um, intense and amazing scene. and mm-hmm. awkward and... You don't want to laugh, but you do kind of laugh. And it, it, you always feel naughty for laughing at it. Like, it's very, you start questioning your own personal self. Exactly. Like, you just went film. from viewing something psychotic, a killing, and like, you're like, a contrast, the juxtaposition into the, into the joke of it was seamless. And you're like, wait, I was just terrified two seconds ago, and I'm laughing my ass off right now. Like, the, the tension broke, and you're laughing now. Right. Well, I mean, and you even question yourself a little bit when he shoots the three guys that are on the train. You know, yeah. you're kind of because you you kind of root for like, You're like, okay, I get it. I just snapped too. If, if I've had everything that occurred up to that point to him, exactly. And then this. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Do what you gotta do, man. It's cool. I'm I'm down with it. Yeah. Before we run out of time, uh, everyone's take on seeing yet again the death of uh, Bruce's parents. Any, anybody like kind of annoyed that we had to watch it again or okay with it or liked it or I'll just go out and say I'm super uh, fine with it it's cool it's like kind of indifferent. I'm it's fine I, I know we all know how it goes and we watched it again and I'm fine with it I like watching this and if anything I might have enjoyed it slightly more just because it wasn't actually Arthur it wasn't actually Joker it was just a person In being a, mask, a clown by the way so I'm cool with it I'm good I'm good Kevin. Yeah, I, I Herb, was fine with it. I didn't think. Yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't no, think no. anything too too deep on it. I just kind of was like, hey, you know, there there it is. And the scene was legitimately like what a two minute scene, so it didn't like occupy too much of our time. It just gave us another interpretation of to like how this happened. Maybe it wasn't a random crime or a random act of violence. It was just a riot and a violent act at that. So, I, I mean, I just didn't, I just kind of glazed over and I was like, all right, you know, there it is again. So, it's fine. I mean, I bring it up because it's kind of the running joke now. How many times are we going to watch a, a Tom, Thomas a, Martha die? A version I, of these two die. And I, I will agree, if anything, I, I don't really have a problem with it either, real quick. And I like that they're not, they don't sit on it too long. It was actually yeah. a very fast. Scene. It was very yeah. fast. This wasn't like a Zack Snyder treatment where it's going to be this ultra dramatized moment. It was just guy follows him dead. Yeah. It was nice to see the Pearl moment again. We that, get, yeah. Frank Miller go back to yeah, we, year one. But uh, yeah, no, I mean, I'm okay with it. I would agree with Bobby and I talked about this already. I don't know. It didn't necessarily need to be there. I think I would have been fine with the scene of just him following him into the alley. And then we get that shot later when Joker is in Arkham and we see that quick shot of Bruce standing over their bodies. Um, In a way, that's really all we needed. I don't really have a problem. They did it. If anything, I have a problem with it's still like, so the child that plays Bruce, like, He's fine. I mean, did he even ever say anything in the film? Did he have any lines? A little bit, I think, at the gate. Did he say anything at the gate? I don't recall. Yeah, he said, my name is Bruce. Did yeah. he? Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, yeah. he that's that's basically that's it. it. The kid yeah. barely ever talks. But, he, like, in that moment of them, the parents being shot, I mean, there is, like, no reaction from this child. Like, I, I agree. He's shock. standing there behind the father and just, like, just kind of standing and watching. And, and I mean, even just somewhat shock, like, something, please. <laughs> I, I, no, go ahead. You crying, go ahead. I, anything? Can you make him cry? Like, let's make him cry. Can we make him cry? Is there I, any emotion whatsoever? I agree, and at the same time, being the fact that, like, you know, I I don't know, Yasha, if you have young children, but 
you know, of course, raising children in the in, in the age of the internet, you're always googling what's normal and what's not normal, and you you, re- you recognize that children have different emotional levels and different mental levels, and they're emotionally not capable of displaying some emotions when something is that far beyond their reality, their comprehension. Yes. So sometimes, like even even um, recently, I just looked up like if you yell at your toddler, like if a lot of times they will shut down and go blank. So mm-hmm. it's not too far-fetched in the film, you know, whether they did it on that purpose or the kid just doesn't know how to act and he just stood there, you know, regardless. Right. There's there's some plausibility in thinking, okay, well, maybe at this point he is just so young that he has no clue how to emotionally react. Like he, he can't even right. wrap his head around the concept that his parents are down and they're not getting up anymore. And 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 it, I, to, so to me, it's, it's plausible that that's the reason why he isn't necessarily acting or reacting to what just happened on screen. Right. I, I kind of have the same thought. So Bruce, yes, is supposed to, Bruce is supposed to be eight. Yeah, around there. Yeah. Right. So your son is seven and a half. And mm-hmm. I've, I've known your son well enough to know that I think if something like that happened, I don't think he would make a sound. I think he would also just go into this shock of like. Mm-hmm. Reserve back what into What just head. happened? Like th- mm-hmm. there's so much that just happened. They can't even register it fast enough to and, even have an emotional reaction. Like it would just be so like. So can I get poetic just about it? Just shock, just absolute I shock. Mean, I, I'd be clear. I'm not saying I wanted him to like go. Oh my god! No, but I get what you're saying. Like, like I think just if I mean if I've only seen the movie once and it's just a very straight, almost completely zero reaction reaction from him. Yeah, I get what you're saying completely. But at the same time, I think I, there would still be some kind of like look of oh, like just something like. So to you me, know that Bruce my, Wayne my has a fear of clowns, right? It's not so much that he did it on purpose. It's that the kid just had probably zero acting. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what I'll give the kid credit for? He's a damn good pole slider. You could slide down that little pole just like yeah. just just like our it old friend. It would have been cool if they had like a Adam Shakespeare West. bust in the treehouse. Oh, man. <laughs> that would have been dope. That would have been sweet. Um, okay, let, let me touch on the seeing the Martha and, and, and Thomas Wayne again. I thought it was the most appropriate and most fluid tie-in into any film available. Oh, Granted, that. I think the only plot point that you could poke a hole into is what the hell are these aristocrats doing watching a damn movie During in the riot. middle of anarchy going out Wait. on the streets? <laughs> but at the, at the same time, is, it, is that once again the 1% just like completely negating the existence <laughs> And disregarding, you know, the the, right. the, the ploy of the of the the have nots, because it um, seems like the riot had been going on for a smidgen a time, mm-hmm. not just like the last like thirty to forty five I mean, yeah. minutes yeah, while they exactly. were in the film. Yeah. It kind of seems like, like what the hell's happening out there? Building. I don't know. I got the impression it started that popcorn's while they were mighty there. loud. I don't think they were like we're gonna go into this movie while everyone over there is, you know. Lighting cars on fire. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I get the impression it started while they were in the. Well, yeah. So he's like, they 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 went to the theater thinking, oh, life is beautiful, life yeah. is great. And so they what the hell happened when we came in? There was, none of this was happening out here. We come out, it's anarchy. What the hell? Times Square is on fire. <laughs> I'm trying to watch Charlie Chaplin. Can we please keep it down? <laughs> I'm trying to watch Zorro and the Gay Blade. Yeah. No, right, dude. But once you saw that, like you, you know, like the 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 controversy on what Zorro film that they were watching, but they were watching a Zorro film in in the comic books, right? As soon as you see that on the marquee, you're like, oh my god, it's it's gonna happen again, and you see him come out. To to me, it was the most appropriate tie-in for that scene to happen within a movie. 
Because yeah. they always try to, it's almost like a George Lucas way of doing things. Like normally it's like always the, the Waynes die at the beginning of the movie and then he becomes Batman. Right. And that's the justification for him to become Batman. But I, one thing that I like about the way that it happened is Bruce Wayne has a fear of clowns. The person that shot his parents has a clown mask on. You don't know that person's identity, right? And going into the not knowing identity, one of the reasons why I was apprehensive about even watching the Joker or my initial, you know, I guess hating on the film was the fact that I never knew of a Joker named Arthur Fleck, but he was adopted and his real name's not known. So they kept that little Easter egg going in the fact that, yes, this is an origin film, but we still don't know who the hell he is. We now know why he lost it, but who the hell is he? And who's the guy that shot him with the mask on? Is that Jack Napier? Right. Is that Joe Chill? Is that Joe Kerr? We don't know. I thought it was great. I don't know. Uh, we're basically out of time, but real quick, anybody got one last thing that you didn't get a chance to bring up? You want to talk about really fast? Yasha, anything? No, I think I'm good. Like, I mean, I enjoyed it. Um, there is a question, uh, a quick question, <coughs> excuse me, that I wanted to pose to everybody. Um, do you think that this Joker would fit in with the Batman universe? Whoa. Like it going up against Great Batman. question. We kind of discussed or, this. Or, uh, yeah, like you're talking I about the upcoming Batman that, film that's being made? Uh, just in general. Like, not even like maybe the upcoming Batman movie. Do you think his personality, who this Joker is, would pose to be a good arch nemesis mm-hmm. for the Batman in in the in a Batman movie? If the WB or do you knew think what that the they hell... I'm sorry, Yash. I keep on jumping in because I'm so excited. Or do you excited. think that they just... <laughs> No, do you think that they would that they just don't fit? Because my personally, I'm actually I'm kind of fit on it, a split on it when it comes to like 50-50 or even 60-40 leaning more towards no it doesn't. That yes, they made a standalone movie and I think it's good the way it is and we don't need to see this Joker interact with Batman at all. Scared. It just wouldn't make sense. Um I think that this type of Joker should have been what bat what Ben Affleck's Batman was fighting. I I think that this is Uh-oh. exactly yeah. what the DC universe needs to bring some validity to the universe. In fact, one of the, one of the things that I hated going into this film was you know there's always a lot of buzz around the film and theater theories and all that stuff. And one of the theories was that when you know when Todd Phillips pitched this to WB that um, this was going to be the starting point for the new DC universe and in the way that the new DC black label and comic books is kind of the adult version of everything, right? So we're adults that were raised on comic books and saw Batman and, you know, we're fond of the 89 and everything that came after that except for Batman and Robin and Batman Forever. Yeah, we don't um, speak of this. <laughs> but um, we're ready. For, for there to be an adult DC Universe, we can't keep everything on a PG platform. It, there has to be some really jacked up things going on in the world, some human trafficking, some you know psychotic killers or whatever for there to justify a Batman, like a Ben Affleck Batman, to go and kick somebody's ass. You know what I'm saying? And for me, I think this would be a perfect catalyst into, if you want to just go ahead and erase BVS, and I would dare to say, and somebody's going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> Even Wonder Woman, erase everything and just start anew from from this film. And and the reason why is, I, I while I think that it's still he still has some maturation to do to become the Joker because the Joker in the comic books is just as intellectual and intelligent as Batman. 
So we don't really see that from Arthur Fleck. But if they had another movie in which they're they're fast forwarding a little bit and he's gained the adoration of these people that prop him up as kind of like a, a, a villain god, right? And he starts coming into his own in, reality, in, in the fact that he... He doesn't have to hide himself anymore, and he could just develop himself into what it is that he thinks is the right way to do things, which is chaos, anarchy, and just psychopathic killing, and then let him progress into the next version of the Joker. Because look at how much, how much progression we saw from a broken, you know, shoulders bent in, no confidence to, I think it's funny, and I'm going to shoot you on the in the face on your own show. We, we had that much progression in two hours and 30 minutes and we had the type of emotional draw and reaction to what we to what that movie was in two and a half in two hours and 30 minutes whatever it was where can you say that about Endgame or any of the Marvel movies it took 10 years to build up your adoration for a character and then you got weepy because he died but that took 10 years this this movie kind of had an emotional draw and a cerebral uh, reaction that was established in two and a half hours. So if you can take that type of progression and move it to the next movie and then progress that to, okay, now I'm going to go ahead and have Batman. Holy shit, this guy's running loose in, in Gotham? I have to stop him. Then you can get somebody as jacked as Ben Affleck to go and do his detective thing and find out how am I going to stop this dude. He is an absolute threat. Because just like in any comic book story, the 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 intensity of your villain is going to be the, ca- the, the, the driving point of how good your story is going to be able to be. If, if your villain only has the ability to bend spoons at a restaurant, what are you going to do? Like go hire a new dishwasher? It, it has to, you don't have to ante up, you know? Right. I think, I think I like the idea and we kind of discussed this a little bit. I like the idea of basically picking up a second film that would be in this line and it would focus more on Batman becoming into Batman, an origin of Batman, a, a more upgraded version at this point. Yeah. And then a third film where it's Batman and Joker facing off. I, I could also see basically doing like a 10, maybe to a 15 year time leap as a second film. And it's Joker and Batman going at it in like, say late eighties, early nineties mm-hmm. setting. And I could see that happening. And then another leap in a third film where it's another 10 or 15 years. And then you're getting basically Ben Affleck, an older Batman, going up against a much older Joker mm-hmm. and seeing that. Basically seeing them in their prime in the second film and then seeing them at the end game in the third film. Yes, that would be And that would be well. amazing for me. Yes. Like I would be so happy. So either way, that that version or the other version where you see more of a Batman and then the face off, I like that too. Like. I'm good with doing one of those two options. Do you hear that, WB? Just saying Warner Brothers, they pull do. it together, they pull it together. They not hear you. They don't hear anybody. They don't hear anybody. Animaniacs. They don't hear anybody. So that's yeah. what no, I they, what you... they legitimately listen to everybody's ideas. They're like, oh, you think that's a good idea? Yeah, well, fuck you. We're going to do what we want to do. <laughs> Wait, here's, here's, what, here's what I feel like WB is I feel like WB goes, you know what? You write that down. Write that down for me. Write it down. All right. I want you to bring it over here. I want you to fold it. I want you to fold it again. I fold it again. You see that box right there? Fuck that box. Put it in your mouth and swallow it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> That's basically what the WWE does. Let's play think. flick football with it. Right. All I just right. don't think they give a shit. I'm sorry. So now you, what are your your thoughts on I mean, that progression? was my, my take on, well, him, I think, I mean, what you're asking, Yasha, could I see this particular take on Joker really being in a like kind of fight with Batman. I mean, it's, I think I get what you're saying. Cause there's a part of me that's like, I don't know, but we also get so little of him as actually the Joker. So I, I could, 
Yeah. But there's little in this film that is reminiscent of a Joker that you see a lot of times. I agree. Versus a Batman and the way that kind of Joker thinks we just, we barely get a taste of Joker in this to kind of imagine him in that kind of position where he's outsmarting a Batman and doing that kind of thing. I don't know. It's which, which is why I think a second film where again, like it was taking place like in the early nineties, that could be <clears> that. And then there could be kind of an end game. Like this yeah, would be, I mean, this would be you seeing like, Oh wow, this mofo has progressed into a, such a mental game. Right. I mean, it was definitely my take that I, as much as I enjoyed this film and I enjoyed the dark grittiness of it. I mean, my, my take being that, yeah, if we could get a, a Batman film made in this kind of like in this way and, this realistic gritty way and make it like as an origin story is kind of a sequel to this Joker film. That's an origin story for Batman. And then that third film where it's them kind of facing off. Like it's a dream that is not going to happen. Right. Like, let's be clear. This is not oh, going to hell's happen. Not. not just because the whole like, Oh, WB doesn't know what they're doing, but I mean, I've heard mixed stuff. It's been from Todd Phillips and Joaquin Phoenix that this is a one-off and this is it. And then I, I think I've seen rumblings of probably some interview of the millions of interviews that Joaquin Phoenix has done that maybe I guess he's hinted, oh, maybe I'd be open to a sequel. But I mean, right now they're making a Batman film that I don't think in any way is going yep. to tie into this kind of. Universe. Yeah, I can't see Robert Pattinson fighting. I mean, then I don't know. I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. It depends on what we when we finally get a look at what the Robert Pattinson Batman and universe is going to look like then it's 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 until then it's kind of hard to say it's hard yeah, to say but at the same time if you think of their ages that would be right around the right kind of an age gap by the time Batman was ready to be Batman against Joker mm-hmm. you're right. looking at a, a right age progression on the yeah. two of them yeah. in essence so I could see it but is that what we're gonna get most I doubt that and, and going back to your point um David about it kind of not matching for a Batman to be fighting this Joaquin, this this Joker, <clears throat> maybe because there's a physical mismatch, right? You, obviously, Ben Affleck was super jacked in BBS, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, physically, he would pummel the hell out of Joaquin, or out of, you know, jo- Joaquin's Joker. But if if they made it a more cerebral, like what is Batman? Batman's not just a pummel your ass because he's jacked. He's a detective. Mm-hmm. So something that, and I absolutely love and adore the Christopher Nolan trilogy, right? Mm-hmm. But something that he didn't necessarily establish too well in that in that trilogy was how good of a detective is Batman if if you really go back and watch the movies, Alfred is the one that keeps on giving him right. the way to think and how to interpret right. things and, and, and deciphering things for him. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the man looking for the ruby and, you know, in, in that trilogy... <clears throat> Alfred is the detective. We would have an opportunity now where if if Joaquin's Joker goes more cerebral, he could take it he could take it to where Batman has to be the detective. And yeah, there's going to be a fight at the end maybe in a tunnel like Frank Miller's, you know, Dark Dark Knight Returns. Right. Um but there's more of a mental match. Right. Cuz granted in the comic books like Batman's like 63 and Joker's also Joker's 65. Right, so but he's super real thin and but very right. thin and lanky. So he would have to art smart him with like oh, gags sure. and like mm-hmm. a, I don't know a bag full of explosive. Well, chattering he always teeth has so, he know. always has henchmen that are always ready to pop out. Exactly. It, here's here's my thing on it, honestly, and I hate to take it all the way back, but on when I look think about it and I think about the TV show with Adam West 
And I think about the two of them, that show even, yeah, there was always kind of a fake fight, but even when, say, like, Batman would finally figure it out and he'd finally get the mystery and he'd finally wind up wherever Joker's lair was at the end of the show and he would fight Joker, he was fighting Joker's henchmen. He rarely, rarely physically ever fought Joker. I agree. The two of them have always been, and they've been written for the most part, to my knowledge and from what I have read, which isn't a lot, it's been a mental game. This Absolutely, is a Sherlock yeah. versus Moriarty, guys. This is yeah, all mentality. Mm-hmm. This is all thinking, outsmarting the person. That's who's who's three steps ahead. I agree. That's what it's always been like. And so, yeah, I mean, I would love to see it become more of a detective Batman, be more traditional to his background. I agree. To try to outsmart Joker. That that would be amazing. And I that could see dope. if that's how it was, I could see it being Joaquin being that mentally ahead of the game because he's so twisted. I agree. I just want to see anarchy and craziness. You're all about it. And, You're all and, geeky and, about and, it. And you just want to see more of this. This yeah. film it was, it was a treat in a, a, in a sea of not so many treats from DC yeah. Brothers. I mean, I won't spoil anything, but my top 10 list, guess what's going to be in there? And talking about it early. It's October. Oh, this I'm, is I'm not kidding. even early. This is practically late. I, I would be shocked if the if Joker was not in my top ten. But I would be extremely if, if it were shocked. not in my top ten. That means I I saw a ton of amazing films from October to December thirty first. I will say right now, looking from now until the end of the year, there's probably only three films I could say look absolutely mind blowing. Are, are you and talking so, about yeah. movies just this year? Yeah. yeah, every year at the end of the year we do a, okay. a top ten show. We do a top ten. So I could I it's feel, my top one. I feel confident. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I'm not seeing anything else. I don't want to go back to the theater. I'm good for the year, thanks. Thanks, twenty nineteen. We're done. Uh yeah, no. I could easily say this will be in my top ten. I don't know where yet, obviously, but this is easily in my top ten right. without really thinking too hard on it. Well, unless anybody has anything else real quick. Can we uh, keep going? We, we could. <laughs> Some of us have to work tomorrow. Some of us have jobs. This is what happens when we shoot or record midweek. But yeah, we're we're gonna get out of here. Um, as always, we would love to hear back from everyone listening. You can let us know what you think of the show by emailing us at feedback at flickereffect.com. Uh, you can find us on Instagram and Twitter at flicker underscore effect. And we're on YouTube as well, youtube.com forward slash flicker effect. All the social media things. We're, we're at all the things. <laughs> With that, uh, Kevin, thanks for joining us. Oh, it was a pleasure, man. It was thanks. nice Fun. to have you. Thanks for coming. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. Uh, have to have you back again sometime soon. I would love that. Uh, with that, I'm David Lott. I'm Yasha Wilson. I'm Michelle Hillard. And Kevin Fuentes. Thanks for listening.